Bible. A deeper dive into the books of the Bible. The theme for the fourth Sunday of Advent is love. That sounds good, right? I love love. But there are different kinds of love, right? The New Testament is written in Greek, and the Greeks themselves have seven different words just for love. Eros, erotic love. Philia, brotherly, friendly love. Storge, the love you have exclusively for your family. Agape, selfless, universal love. Ludus, a playful, flirtatious flirtatious kind of love. Pragma, a committed, long-lasting love. Philatia, self-love. And then there's some confusion over what is and isn't love, right? Stalkers think they're in love. I know she took out a restraining order and she put iron bars on her windows, but that's just her flirting with me. I know she's interested. Uh, If you talk to neurologists, they will tell you there is no such thing as love. It's just a chemical reaction that happens in your brain. It's not real. I I don't know why neurologists talk like that. (laughs) The Apostle Paul says real love, true love, is sacrificial. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Well, the prophet Micah has a few thoughts on love and here's his two cents. Love is a two-way street. Love is only love if it is returned. The Lord God loves each of us with a holy love, and it's our responsibility to return that love. How do we do that? Well, according to Micah, by loving God and being nice to people. Did you really think I was going to let the year end without getting that in one more? time. Who is Micah? Well, obviously he's a prophet chosen by God. He is active at the same time as Isaiah. They start and stop their ministries around the same time, very close. But he's kind of the anti-Isaiah, right? Isaiah comes from the royal family. He has access to the king and every influential member of the royal court. He has a first-class education. He grew up wealthy and privileged. He doesn't want to be a prophet because it's going to interfere with his life of leisure. Micah is a blue-collar man of the people. He comes from the village of Morasheth, about 25 miles southwest of Jerusalem. It's a lowly village with little or no respect. Now, 300 years before, it was actually a Philistine city. Now, it's completely Jewish, but the stigma remains, right? If those were decent people, they would move away and live somewhere else. Apparently, the neurologists came back. (laughs) 
the odds are he is poor. He doesn't have much of an education, and he has absolutely no connections. And he doesn't want to be a prophet because it's going to harm his family. If he doesn't go to work, where are they going to get money? How's his family going to eat? Or what if people get angry and they attack his home because they don't like his prophecies? That happens to prophets, right? He doesn't want any part of this. Micah becomes the prophet to the common man. If you're Joe Average, Isaiah doesn't come out and prophesy to you and yours, but Micah, the plumber, Micah, the garbage man, Micah, the dirt shoveler, he's out in your streets prophesying with words and images that you can understand. Isaiah's prophecies, Isaiah's, focus on the coming Assyrian invasion and the need to trust God. God will save us, right? Don't put your faith in the Egyptians or in some other political alliance. Just trust God. Well, Micah also focuses on the Assyrians, but from a completely different perspective. He says, who does war hurt? It hurts poor people, right? Poor people get drafted into the army, not not the sons of the nobles, right? When invaders come to town, rich people escape to their country estates. Poor people lose their homes. When the war is over, rich people go back to being rich. Poor people are worse off than before. They may be impacted for the next three or four generations. And Micah has another thought. As bad as war is, as bad as war ruins your life, sin is worse. Doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor, sin destroys your life. As punishing as it will be under the brutal thumb of the Assyrians, being under the penalty of sin is worse, right? War ruins your life. Sin ruins your eternity. And sin is going to get us all. Unless someone does something, someone who loves us. Over a period of about 40 years, Micah has 19 specific prophecies from God. He writes them down. His Hebrew betrays his lack of education. And he can be difficult to read because he skips around a lot. He keeps ping-ponging back and forth. God is angry with you and God is bringing judgment on you and because God just loves you so much and he just wants to show you some mercy. Do you people even know who God is? Sin is going to kill us all. Thank heavens God has a cure for sin. All of that in one paragraph. There is debate about whether he was way down the autism spectrum or psychotic and he listened to the voices, or if he saw visions so fast that he just couldn't keep up with what he saw. But the common thread in everything he writes is this. Love is a two-way street. God loves you more than you can imagine, and we must show God we love him. And the best way to do that is to take care of those who cannot take care of themselves. Take care of the least in your society. Take care of the poor, the widow, the orphan, the outcast, the unwanted, the forgotten. Take care of those who have no voice. 
When you love your neighbor as yourself, you show God you love him. 700 years after Micah, somebody else is going to say all that too. We know who we're talking about, right? Which brings us to today's text. Micah is in the middle of saying, Judah, do not worry about the Assyrians. They are not going to conquer you. Trust God. But in another 150 years, the Babylonians will come along and they've got your number. You definitely will fall to Babylon. And you know what? They will conquer you because God wants them to. They will bring judgment upon your sin. When you survive the Assyrian assault, you're going to decide we can do anything we want. No one can touch us. We're bulletproof. So you will become even more cruel to the poor people than you are right now. You will become insufferable. So God will let Jerusalem be destroyed and send all of you into slavery. But God still loves you. He still loves you more than you can possibly understand. So you know what he's going to do? He's going to send a baby, a very special baby. Yes, this is the same baby Isaiah is talking about. He'll be born in Bethlehem. Not very fancy, not very special, uh, but it is David's ancestral home, so that's something. Uh, He's a very unusual baby. He's the son of a king, but don't call him prince. He's already a king when he gets here. His father is infinitely rich, yet he will be poor. He will talk constantly about love, but he'll be hated and you will murder him. It's very confusing. Just trust me. The baby's job is to bring everyone back from where they are lost, to bring all the stragglers back home, whether they are scattered by war or sin. The baby's job is to find all of the broken the lost, the wounded, hurting, abandoned, unwanted, and bring them back home. Now, for the last four weeks, we have listened to the prophets Haggai, Isaiah, and Micah, and they've all talked about the baby. Each of them had a piece of the puzzle. Each of them was a little confused by what they saw and heard, right? He's super rich, but he's going to be so poor. He is brilliant, but we won't understand him. He's a fantastic warrior, but we're going to call him the prince of peace. In fact, don't call him a prince. He's a poor orphan king. Uh, He will save us, yet we are under a prophecy of impending doom from which there is no escape. Look, all we know is the baby is the answer. Whatever you do, trust the baby. Micah is the shortened form of the name Micaiah, right? Kind of like Mike is short for Michael or Tom is short for Thomas. The full name of the prophet is Micaiah. Every Hebrew name has a meaning. Micaiah means who is like God, right? Or, or who could be like you? Or, or what other God is even close to you? 
It is a rhetorical question. Obviously, in all the universe, there is no one else like God. You alone are God. Micah finishes his book of prophecy by examining his own name. In the last chapter, chapter 7, the last verses, he writes, What other God is like you? who pardons the guilt of the remnant overlooking the sins of his special people. You will not stay angry with your people forever because you delight in showing unfailing love. You know, maybe the baby is so hard to define because the baby is love. And we have a hard time explaining love, don't we? The baby is the holiest possible expression of love. Love became human. Love became something physical that we could see and and touch uh, with our own hands. We didn't have to guess, right, if God loves us. We could just ask Jesus. We We could hear his answer with our own ears. God incarnate is the purest, most perfect manifestation of love. But love is a two-way street. We were created to love God. That is our purpose. How do we do that? What do you give the God who has everything for Christmas? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us at www.pondergmc.org. There, you can watch our live stream services, listen to replays of Rocky Sermons, and find other interesting information about us. This has been Pondering the Bible.